What is up guys, it is Quinn here, and in this video I'm gonna be going through my week 13 wide receiver start sits, talk about every single matchup, every single fantasy relevant wide receiver, listing them as either a start, sit, or a fringe option. If you guys enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. As always, if you have any questions, drop them down below. I will make sure to get back to every single person. But let's jump right into the Thursday night game where we have the Bills taking on the Patriots. Now for the Bills here, I have a start, a sit, and a fringe option. Obviously starting off with Stephon Diggs. He's a locked in auto start, high end wide receiver one every single week. In the fringe, I have Gabe Davis. I think we're definitely at the point where Gabe Davis is not like a locked in auto start. He's someone where you have to feel confident in the matchup to feel confident with him as like a locked in top 24 wide receiver. So I think this week he's a wide receiver three play, not a great matchup here against the Patriots. They've allowed the six fewest points per game to wide receivers. So someone who, you know, if you had him in your flex, your wide receiver three, I don't think it's a bad play, but not someone who I would feel totally obligated to start this week. For Isaiah McKenzie, he actually had a pretty solid game on Thanksgiving, a very solid game. Six receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. He also had a 74% route participation. So the production hasn't been consistent enough for me to list him as a fringe play, but I do think, you know, he could start to work into that if he keeps giving you some solid games with some solid volume. On the other side with the Patriots, we have Jacoby Myers coming off of a down game. I still think he's definitely startable and, you know, is the clear-cut top option here for the Patriots. On the other side, or for the sits, we have Devontae Parker and Nelson Aguilar, both coming off of big games, but just not players I really have any interest in for fantasy. Moving over to Sunday, we have the Steelers taking on the Falcons, and it's pretty painful here to have both Deontay Johnson and Drake London here as sits. For Deontay, I mean, it really seems like this dude is just cooked for fantasy, Probably the player I was most in on, or at least my biggest miss, you know, from the offseason. I was very in on Deontay Johnson, and he has just really fallen flat on his face. Basically, you know, just the Steelers offense in general. So I have both Deontay and George Pickens as sits. There's just not a ton of volume. There's not a ton of efficiency. The touchdowns, you know, aren't super consistent. Deontay hasn't scored all season long. Pickens has got in there a few times, but it's just not a wide receiver room I want to be relying on for fantasy. Same thing for the Falcons. Drake London, we know he's crazy talented. It's just not going to be happening this year fantasy-wise, at least a redraft. And then we have Olamide Zacchaeus, who's coming off of a big day, but I mean, like really not even rosterable for fantasy. In the Broncos-Ravens matchup, for the Broncos, I just have Cortland Sutton here as a start. I guess we'll see about Jerry Judy's injury. It would definitely hurt Sutton's value if Judy returns. But right now, you know, without knowing Judy's status, I have Cortland Sutton here as a start. On the other side for the Ravens, this is a wide receiver room we've just got to be fading here. So sitting Devin DuVernay and Demarcus Robinson. In a divisional rivalry between the Packers and the Bears, I have Christian Watson here as a start. Watson really just continues his uh, you know midseason breakout. Four receptions, 110 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Like this dude has big playability you know, up there with the best of them. He is just unbelievably athletic. He gets the ball and he makes these other crazy fast dudes really just look like they're, you know, playing in the mud. I don't really think it matters if it's Rodgers or Love. I think Watson is a strong start with either of those guys at quarterback. And then behind him, I have Alan Lazard here as a fringe option. With Christian Watson having this big breakout, he's kind of come out and stunted Alan Lazard's production. 
Over the last three games, these are Lazard stat lines or for fantasy, seven and a half points, 10.7, and then 4.4. Obviously with Watson, you know, taking all the big plays and the touchdowns, it's definitely going to negatively affect Al Lazard. So I do think he's startable as probably a high to mid-tier wide receiver three, but I do prefer Christian Watson moving forward as the Packers number one. On the other side with the Bears, Darnell Mooney going to be out for this one. Just got to be fading this wide receiver room. Claypool, Pringle, not interested in any of those guys in my lineup. In the Jaguars-Lions matchup, I've got a uh, start, a fringe play, and a sit option. So we saw a huge day out of Trevor Lawrence, probably his best game as a pro, and then a massive day out of Zay Jones, targeted 14 times, caught 11 of them for 145 yards. I think he's kind of established himself as someone who can be a fringe play in solid matchups. The Lions have allowed the third most points per game to wide receivers. So I think, you know, this is a spot where you could plug in Zay Jones. We saw a down game out of Christian Kirk, but, you know, I'm definitely not panicking on Kirk. He's still going to be the wide receiver one here moving forward. And, you know, a very strong wide receiver to play week to week. And then us sitting Marvin Jones. On the other side with the Lions, just continue to fire up Amon Ra as a wide receiver one. The dude is a stud. And then hopefully we get to see uh, Jamison Williams this week. Not someone who I'm going to be starting, you know, in his first game back, but just excited for him. You know, real life NFL, fantasy, dynasty, just want to see him out there. And then we'll kind of evaluate how to view him for fantasy. In the next matchup, we have Deshaun Watson making his uh, season debut. Browns taking on the Texans. I think Amari Cooper is a very strong start. I've been someone who has really kind of talked up Donovan Peoples-Jones as someone who could be like a top 24 rest of season or top 24 wide receiver rest of season with Deshaun Watson back. So I have him as a fringe play. I just want to see it for a week. I do think Watson's going to help him, but we kind of know like Amari Cooper's a stud. He's going to produce with Deshaun Watson. He'll be totally fine. We just, you know, may have some different chemistry here with Brissett to Watson. So just want to see it for a game before I list him as a start. But I do think he could be in that, you know, start range rest of season. On the other side with the Texans, I have Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins here as sits. Overall, just two decently talented wide receivers on a bad offense. They're not even running like the full range of routes or like the full route participation. They're not in like the 95 plus range. Nico Collins strung together a few decent games. The touchdown upside just isn't there. So both of these guys are sits. In the Jets-Vikings matchup, we saw Garrett Wilson go out, have a massive day. Dude absolutely balled out with Mike White at quarterback. 93% route participation, eight targets, five receptions for 95 yards and two touchdowns. I think with a solid quarterback, Garrett Wilson has proven he is talented enough to give you very strong fantasy production. And then I'm going to be sitting Elijah Moore, who showed a few flashes in that game, got into the end zone with a big play. The routes are still low. I think this is, you know, a decently optimistic view rest of season where he could get back into the fold. But right now, the usage isn't where it needs to be for him to be even considered a startable option. On the other side with the Vikings, obviously fire up Justin Jefferson as a start. And then I have Adam Thielen as a fringe play where he's basically slotted in all season long. That leads us into the Commanders taking on the Giants. For the Commanders, we've seen Terry McLaurin have some down games back-to-back weeks. Nothing terrible, but kind of cooled off from the hot start he had with Taylor Heineke. I still think he's someone you can trust as a back-end wide receiver too. Unfortunately, Curtis Samuel definitely kind of fallen off with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. He was used more creatively early on in the season. 
Wentz, I think, kind of preferred him a little bit to Terry. At this point, not someone I want to be trusting in my lineup. For the Giants, I have Darius Slayton as a fringe start. Clearly, they're wide receiver one right now. Someone who I definitely think can give you, you know, week-to-week wide receiver three flex option production. In the Titans-Eagles matchup, I have Traylon Burks here as a fringe play. Back-to-back strong weeks. Did benefit from like the uh, fluke touchdown, but he's getting involved. He's making plays. I don't think anyone can deny that this man is the most talented, best wide receiver on that team. Just excited to, uh, you know, see him continue to ball out rest of season, sitting Robert Woods. For the Eagles, obviously, A.J. Brown is a start. Devonta Smith is someone who's kind of fluctuated between start and sit territory. I really like the usage that Smith has had with Goddard out. He's had nine targets in back-to-back games. Hasn't really led to crazy production, but if he can keep up that volume with Goddard out, I do think bigger games are definitely going to be coming here for Devonta Smith. And then I'll be sitting at Quez Watkins. In the Seahawks-Rams uh, game, I mean, this is a tale of two different teams. One with two stud, great plays for fantasy. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, toss him in as wide receiver twos. And then for the Rams, just Allen Robinson out for the season. Offense is terrible. Sitting Van Jefferson, sitting Ben Skoranek, sitting 2-2 Atwell. And then in one of the most highly anticipated games of the week, Dolphins taking on the 49ers. Basically, I'd feel confident just starting each team's uh, you know, top wide receiver duo. So Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell for the 49ers, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. If those guys are playing, I feel confident with them as starts in my lineup. Then in another very highly anticipated game, we have the Chiefs taking on the Bengals. And every week, it seems like I need to do a full breakdown on the uh, Chiefs wide receiver room because it's just all over the place week to week, the injuries, all of that stuff, new additions. So we see Juju Smith-Schuster make his return from the concussion and his usage was just brutal. Like when you have a concussion and you return, typically you're just back and good to go. There's typically not like a snap count or limitations when you do return from the concussion because you're cleared. You should be good to go. He goes out and goes from being the clear wide receiver one when he was healthy to only having a 46% route participation. He didn't even, you know, have the third wide receiver slot locked up. He was splitting three wide receiver sets with Sky Moore. He didn't play in two tight end sets. So I'd expect an uptick in production this week, but it's not something I'm going to totally lock in. Maybe they slightly ease him back again, you know, kind of slowly uptick his usage. I don't know, but I don't think we can look at the overall usage and, you know, playing time last week and just confidently throw him in there as a start. So he's going to be a fringe option. Aside from Juju, like I'm not interested in any of these guys. Even with Justin Watson and MVS getting consistent routes, just not players I'm interested in for fantasy. The guys I would want to see, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, they're obviously not viable right now either. We'll see if Tony can give it a go. Sky Moore just not seeing enough opportunities. On the other side, with the Bengals, we've seen Tyler Boyd be a pretty massive disappointment. I think when we saw, you know, Jamar Chase go down, Tyler Boyd is viewed as one of the few like wide receiver handcuffs in the NFL where, you know, at the running back position, the starter goes down, you can just force feed a backup. You don't have to be super talented to earn opportunities at the running back position because they can just straight up hand you the ball. At wide receiver, you need to earn those targets. So, you know, if a uh, Devontae Adams goes down, it doesn't mean that Matt Collins is going to all of a sudden turn into Devontae Adams. So you typically don't see like handcuffs at the wide receiver position. But for the Bengals, you had three very, very talented wide receivers. So with Jamar Chase going down, 
I think everyone, including myself, expected Tyler Boyd to, you know, take a step up, be a very strong wide receiver two option. And it just hasn't happened. We've seen four games without Jamar Chase and his production has fallen in every single one. Started off at 12.8, down to 9.4, down to 6.2, down to 3.6. So not a great look there for Tyler Boyd. On the other hand, with Jamar Chase out, T. Higgins has been an absolute stud. Started off, you know, decent, 13.9, 13 points. Last two games, he has been on a tear, 23.8 and 24.4 PPR points. So I think Jamar Chase, he's likely to be back this week. Barring reports of like a serious uh, snap count limit of like, you know, 40%, 50%. If Jamar Chase is out there for 60, 70% of the snaps, I would still feel comfortable starting him. Obviously, we're starting T. Higgins, and then I would be sitting Tyler Boyd at this point with Jamar Chase back. Next up, we have the Chargers-Raiders matchup, and I think Keenan Allen has kind of settled in here. He's played a few solid games, got into the end zone. I think he's going to be a start moving forward as long as he can stay healthy. I have Josh Palmer as a fringe. We're just not really sure what's going on here with Mike Williams. I think if Williams plays, it probably hurts Palmer, but we're not even sure how many snaps he's actually going to log. So right now I'm going to have Palmer as a fringe. And then DeAndre Carter, who actually had a big game, but he is going to be a sit for me. On the other side with the Raiders, obviously going to be starting Devontae Adams and then sitting Mac Hollins. For the Sunday night game, we have the Colts taking on the Cowboys. And for the Colts, I have Michael Pittman here as a very strong start. People are really throwing him away. With Matt Ryan at quarterback, the man just produces. Also finally got into the end zone, which is good to see. Sitting Paris Campbell, who had some you know decent performances a few weeks ago, still think he has some life rest of season. It's just not an offense that you know, I want to be super reliant on, especially the number two, number three weapons. On the other side with the Cowboys, I'm going to be starting CeeDee Lamb and sitting Michael Gallup. Pretty expected with both of those guys. And then for the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, we have the Saints taking on the Buccaneers. I think we can continue to fire up Chris Olave as a very strong wide receiver to play, sitting Jarvis Landry. On the other side with the Buccaneers, remember, we had Chris Godwin who came back from that ACL tear week one and then basically like messed up his hamstring. Since he has returned from that hamstring injury, Chris Godwin has been an absolute volume monster. These are his target numbers since returning, 10, 6, 12, 13, 11, 10, 8, and 13. A lot of double-digit target numbers thrown in there, averaging 10.4 per game since coming back from that hamstring. And honestly, at this point, he looks like the better option moving forward. Evans with a brutal game, targeted nine times, turn that into two for 31. I think in general, when we're looking at, you know, like the winners and losers, or maybe just like losers and bigger losers of the uh, Buccaneers just being terrible offensively, the coaching just being atrocious with Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. I think Evans is probably the biggest loser because at least Chris Godwin can kind of volume his way to production. Evans is relying on big plays. You know, he's relying on touchdowns and those are just not happening in this offense. Running backs can still get volume. Brady can still kind of, you know, have decent volume in games where he's throwing the ball a million times. But Mike Evans just has really suffered with this offense. I don't know if there's, you know, light at the end of the tunnel here for Mike Evans. I don't really see much improvement here for the Bucs. I mean, you just watch that game. They are lost offensively. The play calling is just brutal. You have the greatest quarterback of all time. You're running on basically every first down incredibly inefficiently. 
then you have an opportunity for Brady to go out and win the game. He has saved you in games before, you know, this season. And you don't even have the, I don't even know what you would call it, but they don't even have the stones to call a timeout and, you know, let the man play because they said they're scared of an interception. The guy who has like the lowest interception rate in the league, it's just brutal for the Bucks. It's unfortunate because it affects all these fantasy weapons. But I guess the big point there was that Godwin's probably the better option. He's been an absolute stud for fantasy. So Chris Godwin definitely looking up rest of season. That is going to wrap it up for uh, every single week 13 wide receiver matchup. As always, if you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Any questions, drop them down below. I posted my uh, running back start sits. That video is already out. So go check it out if you haven't seen it already. Thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.